The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and today I'd like to talk about blah, 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 blah. Does that get old to anybody else or is it just me? I mean, it's the same intro every single episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and I'm going to talk about things. Doesn't it get old? Should I mix it up a little? I'm feeling like I should mix it up a little. I'll tell you what, let me just rewind here just a second, and then we'll start it over. All right? Let's try this. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? This is... No, that doesn't... No, that doesn't work at all. Okay, um... Wow, this is... This is not easy. Okay, let's try it again. I think I have an idea. Let's try it again. Let me rewind here, and we'll start now. fanboy in the place to be no nope no again again a fail a, a big failure big failure there this is not easy maybe that's why i keep just sticking with the one thing but i'm gonna give it one more try third time's the charm right so let's let's rewind a bit here and here we go is Steven and I like to say I like to do these intros in a rapping way. No, no. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Here's what we learned today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not mess with success. And I'm using air quotes under success because I really don't know what kind of success my intros are, but we're just gonna, we're, I'm not gonna mess with it anymore. I've learned my lesson. Let's, let's start over. We'll rewind and we'll start over. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and today I want to talk about a comic that is near and dear to my heart. It's a book that I started reading back in 2007 during the first round of this here podcast, way back in the day, and I just fell in love with it, but then read a trade or two, got, got you know, six, 12, however many issues into it, and then I just stopped reading comics altogether. And I've never gone back. Well, recently, I just found out that all of the trades are on Comixology Unlimited. So I thought, there's no excuse, buddy. You love this comic. Let's start reading it again. And that's what I decided to do. And then I figured I'd talk about it here with y'all one trade at a time. So this is Atomic Robo. 
And the trade in question is volume one, The Fighting Scientists of Tesladyne. Now, the issues were coming out, I think, like I said, in 2007. This was, uh, the credits are as follows. I like to read the credits in the way that it shows in the book. Words by Brian Clevenger, art by Scott Wegner, colors by Rhonda Patterson, letters by Jeff Powell, and edits by Lee Black. So before I get into the trade itself and start talking about what it is I love about it. I, I went online because they have a website out there. The link will be in the show notes in which they are still, they're still out there putting out comics one page at a time out there for free. It's a web comic. You can read all of the, all of the comics. You can read the entire back catalog online for free at this website. And again, you can get it through Comixology Unlimited if you've got that service, which I do recommend, but when I was at the website, I went to the little place on there that says about, and it gives you five rules, five rules that they live by when they create Atomic Robo. Number one, no angst. You are not going to see Robo mope about his lack of emotions or pine to be human or throw a tantrum over daddy issues. Number two, no cheesecake. And then it just simply says, come on. Number three, no reboots. They're frustrating, unnecessary, and a jarring reminder that all fiction is a thinly veiled series of lies. Everything that happens will fit into the larger setting. Everything that happens will happen for a reason, and nothing that happens can be undone. Number four, no filler. Why should we devote a month of our short lives to creating an issue if it isn't worth reading? And then why should we try to sell you an issue that isn't worth buying? We publish in an ongoing miniseries format, so we're free to jump straight from one adventure to the next. And number five, the main robot punches a different robot or maybe a monster. So let's cut out all the dumb stuff that could get in the way of letting you enjoy that. So Atomic Robo is a robot created by Nikola Tesla, and he works with a group of scientists that they call the Fighting Scientists of Tesladyne. And this book is just about his adventures. And again, there may be a more overarching story plot, storyline going on, but you don't get a lot of that in this first trade. The first trade is kind of, here's Atomic Robo, here's the people he works with, here's some of the wacky adventures he gets into. And we start out back in the days of World War One. Hey folks, I have to apologize because I don't like breaking into episodes like this. I don't like the interruption, but I was sitting here in this rainforest, as I'm known to do, and I was listening to the episode to see if I could find any mistakes. I like to just give it a listen, listen for mistakes, and usually I don't find any. I mean, my episodes are usually pretty perfect, but I found one in this episode. Just moments ago, I said that the book opened in World War One, It was actually World War II. In fact, the book opens in 1938, which is before America even entered the war. So I wanted to clear that up for everybody. And frankly, there's a large bird now coming toward me. It's just, it's just staring at me. It's, it's actually really quite large. And I feel like I should do something about that. So I'm gonna I'm going to take care of this. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about how I... Ooh, I don't like the way he's looking at me. Uh, yeah, I got to go. So enjoy the rest of the episode. The government has asked Atomic Robo to go get this, basically a, na a Nazi mad scientist named Helsingard. And he doesn't want to go. <laughs> he's just like, nah, pass. 
And they say, well, I'll tell you what, if you do this for us, we will grant you the one thing you've wanted, and that's American citizenship. And he says, all right, I'll do it. And so he is basically fired into uh, the enemy base, the encampment, which is in the Himalayas. He's he's in like what looks like a big, big fat bomb, the kind you would just drop from a plane. But it's hollow inside, and he call, he climbs out, and he just starts beating up Nazis. And it's really quite funny. The, the one thing you can say about this book is that it's it's full of action and it's funny, but not at the expense of the action, I guess you could say, because it's not like goofy, like, oh, Atomic Robo did it again, wah, wah, wah. But he's, he's basically marching through this underground base in the mountains, and the Nazis are just throwing themselves at him. They're shooting him, they're trying to blow him up, but he's a freaking robot that is practically indestructible. And he's like, ho-hum, you know, you guys got to stop doing this. It, it doesn't work. And so they finally just try to dogpile on him. And he's just walking through this underground lair with all these Nazis hanging off of him. And he's just like, come on, guys, cut it out. This this is not this is not going to happen. Well, he finally makes his way to this Dr. Helsingard. And he has created, this doctor has created some kind of, using his mad scientist ways, he's turned himself into this, like, super being of energy and light. And Robo starts fighting him, and the guy is, like, being really cocky, and I am the smartest there is, you know, I'm, that's a terrible, terrible German accent. But he basically tells him, you can see in the middle of this glowing chest is this glowing blue heart. And he basically says, you, I am unstoppable as long as I have the, he calls it the Vril heart or something like that. And so then Robo pulls out a gun and he goes, he, he, God, I can't remember the, the exact line. It's something like, uh, he calls him Mr. Tells everybody what his weakness is and shoots him in the heart. And then it's over. That, that issue's done. It's like, that was very simple and to the point and very funny and very fun. Then we go to the present where, he battles giant ants. See, in the first issue, it's just him. But then beyond that, again, he's, he's, he works for, he, he's part of a thing called Tesladyne. And he has these, this group of action adventurer scientists called the fighting scientists of Tesladyne. And so they go out and they fight monsters and whatnot and they fight giant ants. There's at one point, one of the pyramids in Egypt just starts moving just starts moving its way across the desert and they have to go find out what's going on. And the Egyptian government sends them in, but they're like, look, just don't do anything to the pyramid. It's a, it's a historical relic. And at one point, the top of the pyramid opens up and a giant mirror comes out and it just starts blowing up things. And it's going, it's making its way towards a major city. And the government is, you know, we don't want anybody to die. But at the same time, if you can just avoid, because frankly, you got something big moving towards a city that's blowing things up. You just drop a freaking bomb on it, right? And that's what Robo wants to do. But the Egyptian government is frowning on that. And I, in the end, they do stop it. And I think they do, if I remember correctly, they do destroy the pyramid or harm it in some way. Egypt is not happy. And then we end up, we wind up the trade with a two-part adventure in which we find out that this Dr. Helsingard is still alive, or at least his brain is. And he's got this factory in which he has created all these robot Nazi warriors and this robot giant body for himself. And it's just, it's so good. It's very, you're, you're introduced to all these characters that are the fighting scientists that work alongside Atomic Robo. There's a really kind of a touching 
storyline in it. I think it's the one with the ants where he receives a letter from the granddaughter of a World War II fighter pilot who served with the Atomic Robo during World War II. And they were kind of chums. They were kind of buddies. There's also a storyline where they send him to Mars for some reason or another. And I, I don't honestly remember why. But they convince him to take this space flight to Mars because he's a robot. They don't have to feed him. They don't have to worry about how he's going to sleep or breathe or anything like that. And they somehow convince him to go. And <laughs> he's in space. And at one point, practically right away, they're, they're maybe 20 minutes into the mission. And he's talking to, you know, Houston over the radio. And he says, hey, where's the rest of the reading material? And they said, what do you mean? It's we, we, we put it right there. And he goes, yeah, it's a magazine. It's like Sports Illustrated or Life or, you know, something like that. And they said, well... Yeah, that's all we could fit. He goes, I was promised reading material. What am I supposed to do for the next six months or however long it takes to get to uh, Mars? And they said, well, what's the problem? Can't you just shut down, go into sleep mode? And he goes, no, I can't do that. Oh, we just assumed you could do that because you are a robot. And he said, well, nobody asked. Why didn't anybody ask? I've got like six months in this capsule and there's nothing to read. It's just going to be me and my robot thoughts. And he's really kind of angry about it. Turns out that the reason why they thought that he could just power down and go into sleep mode is that it's part of his psychological profile. And at Robo's like, psychological profile? And they're like, yeah, we're looking at it now. Psychological profile as written by Professor Stephen Hawking. And Robo's like, Stephen Hawking? And then you see this, this panel of a guy pushing Stephen Hawking through this pastoral collegiate, you know, area. And Stephen Hawking's in his wheelchair and they're like, you seem to be in good spirits, professor. And he's like, <laughs> he's just laughing because he's played this monumental trick on Robo. They don't explain that maybe if maybe uh, they, they don't like each other. I don't know. They don't really explain that. But Atomic Robo ends up spending over over a year. It's like 377 days or something on the the surface of Mars. And he does all the things that he's supposed to be doing. He's collecting the rocks and the samples and all that stuff. But he's also just trying to kill time. And they, you get this series of uh, like a montage of all this stuff he's doing. He takes all these rocks and he makes what looks like a, a row of people to hang out with. And then he's doing, he's making sand angels, which are like snow angels, but in the sand. And then he spends a lot of time just gathering rocks, these large boulders, because he's super strong, and placing them in a certain arrangement that you can't tell what it is until finally the mission's over and he's able to leave. And as the, the, the craft is taking off from Mars, you look down and you can see scrawled across practically half of the planet's surface, just made from these rocks that he had been moving around for over a year. And it just says, Stephen Hawking is a bastard. That's the kind of fun you get in this, in this book. And Robo is just, for me, he's just a very likable character. It's like, think of it like Hellboy, but without all the, the horror, the dark, broody angst. Hellboy can crack wise. That's one of the things that he does, but take away the supernatural, although there is some of that and just replace it more with monsters and like big, you know, like, mutated giant mutated ants and nazis who put their brains in robots and and junk like that it's it's really fun it's like indiana jones crossed with hellboy 
it's really, really fun. What else do you want me to say about it, man? It's fun. And volume one is just, it's just getting you introduced to Robo and the world that he lives in because he's been around for a long time. And that's one of the great things about this series is that they can do different adventures in different somewhat timelines because he's been around for for quite a bit. He's been around for a bit. So you can do a World War II story. You can do a story set in the 60s. You can do a story set in the freaking 70s. And and they they do all these things. And like I said, I don't remember getting all too far into it. I know I've read what comprises the second trade, which I think takes place in World War II. And I remember it was those issues. I remember really enjoying these first six issues, the first time I read them, but it wasn't until the second set of issues. And I think that's where I actually jumped on was during that second miniseries because that's how they released it. It's not just an ongoing series. It's a series of miniseries. So you had the first miniseries, which was six issues. You got the second issue miniseries, which was five or six issues. And I think it was the second miniseries that I jumped in on and I want to say at the time it was put out by Red 5 Comics, but I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. It's all put out by them now. I think at one point it might have been put out by IDW, but if you go to the website, it looks like the books are put out by their own company called Tesla 9. And again, you can read all this on the website. You can read it all through Comixology Unlimited, which I believe also means if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it through Kindle Unlimited as well. And it's you know, I think I said in a previous episode, I don't like to refer people to go out and purchase books that I didn't pay for myself that I'm getting through some kind of free service, but I would recommend it. These are definitely ones, if I had the discretionary income, I could, I would go out and I would definitely buy these trades and put them up on my bookshelf because they are a heck of a lot of fun. Now, the current stuff that they're doing, I've looked at it recently that they're that they're releasing on the website. I don't know if they've collect if they've collected the current stuff in the trades and it and it's not in color and it looks a little different than some of this earlier stuff. Um but definitely jump in there, start reading them cuz they're really fun, especially if you want to get ready for the next episode, not not the very next episode, but in a month or so I'll be talking about volume 2. And the art style certainly fits the tone of the book, it all just comes together. It's one of these things that it's kind of like Madman, where because it was created by just a couple of people and it's been the same people that's on the book, they own the property, they make all the books. I will see every once in a while some other artist do a, a commission or do some fan art of Atomic Robo, kind of like with Madman. And it's like, it could be an artist that I am just super in love with. And I, eh, that's not really, that's not Atomic Robo. It's not. It's only Scott Wegner can really do Atomic Robo. Only Mike Allred can really do Madman. Anybody else, it's like trying to do a comic book based on a TV show. It kind of looks like them, but not quite. And that's definitely, the, the there's a style to this book that makes the book what it is and uh, just fits the tone of the book, which again is action, adventure, and humor. If Indiana Jones were a robot, I think he would be Atomic Robo. That's 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 what I'm trying to say. So go give it a chance. Check it out. We'll talk about the next trade in a couple of months. But until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, 
a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at StephenOrElse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at ComicsPodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job. Ooh.